Hiya, pals! Welcome to the Mouse Bites Podcast! Here we go! Welcome to Mouse Bites, the show all about Disney video games, past and present. This is episode 18, and I'm your host, Jeff, and today I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Clay. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Good. Um, I don't know about you, but summer is coming to an end. Uh, yeah. Quickly. Uh, it's really warm here right now, though, for some, some reason. Yeah, so. it, uh, <laughs> it's been a brutal week. We were in the upper 90s this week here, so it's, uh, I'll, I'm, I will welcome the end of summer and, and or, yeah, welcome fall and all that. Totally. Yeah, we, uh, me and my wife went camping over the weekend. We're like, ah, it'll be fine. And then it was like 10 o'clock at night, and I'm just rolling back and forth in my tent complete like i can't fall asleep because i'm just too warm and I'm oh like, man this sucks so uh yeah i i don't know the, the weather though is perfect for the game we're talking about today it's almost like we're on an, an island battling you know pirates or something yeah that uh kind of works out it's a good summer game right here uh this week we are covering goof troop for the snes or snes or snes <laughs> uh, depending on what you want to call it, but uh, yeah, Goof Troop. So as always, we'll start off with what the heck is this game? You want to kind of start us off with that? Yes, uh, I will do that. Um, this game is basically Zelda Link to the Past. Um... Uh, but with two-player, um, this really is a, like, the big part of it is that it is a co-op, you know, two-player game, which um, not a ton of those uh, on the SNES, at least, like, good ones. But, yeah, it, it really feels like they took the main uh, mechanics uh, that you have in Link to the Past as far as, like, picking up pots and throwing them. And that it really is kind of the whole, you know, just of this game uh, mm. mixed also with some puzzle elements, which are also kind of somewhat, you know, in Link to the Past as well. So that seems to be the big one people, you know, compare it against. There's a couple of other games that have these like sliding block puzzles in them. And this mm -hmm. is kind of part of that, too. But yeah, top down view um, kind of thing. So um Pretty pretty unique, even though it is very similar to Link to the Past, I would say. So yeah, I think it, it varies itself just enough to where it's not a, a Link to the Past clone. Mm -hmm. um, like the the you can only hold two items, but it's like you can't hold them in your like reserves. So like you have to leave something and then kind of go back and pick it up or swap it or whatever. So there's right. different elements like that. There's no primary weapon, and so it's kind of creative enemy elimination stuff like that. So there, there's enough variation, in my opinion. Definitely. Yeah, I'd agree. So, yeah, this game uh, was developed by Capcom. It was released in July, July 11th of 1993. So uh, kind of like a mid midlife cycle Super Nintendo game. Um, interestingly enough, I think it was one of the last Disney licensed games of the Capcom Nintendo era. Um, not really much reason for that. I, I don't think I, i've never really heard any story of a fallout between nintendo and capcom or anything like that it was just uh just what happened um yeah. it yeah. interestingly enough was one of the first games designed by as uh, a shinji mikami uh who went on to direct resident evil which came out in 1996 so just really three years after this <laughs> uh yeah, not, big not big jump long. there <laughs> between, yeah right uh between that game and this one or this one and that one um some other fun facts do you want to take those do you want me to to keep yeah i mean out? uh yeah there's 
I mean, so this game only came out on the SNES. It didn't come out uh, on Genesis, so it was, you know, specific to this console. Um, I guess the only other thing really interesting worth noting, um, the Japanese version of this game had a difficulty setting, uh, not seen uh, anywhere else, um, with higher difficulties, uh, having harder versions of the block puzzles, um, as well as blocks being moved to different locations um, to make defeating enemies much more difficult basically and so uh something we didn't see in the u.s um probably would have been a welcome addition um just because this game once you beat through it there really isn't much reason to go back into it and so i could see a higher difficulty you know being nice back then but um no just randomly also wanted to mention i love capcom and i love their disney games uh in fact their mickey games are like my favorites so um this one is different enough than those but uh even some of like the sound effects and the music in it just really make me excited uh Mm, to cover those games on the show because they're just they're they all feel very similar but they're all just so top-notch really Mm -hmm. good and so uh yeah good old capcom uh it was kind of a bummer i think they did some games after the super nintendo that were disney but they were like really lackluster like point and click games or something so um and obviously their their nes games you know ducktales and uh, all that stuff were were super high quality as well so Mm -hmm. um we're still in the golden years thankfully here but not for much longer so yeah Yep, definitely. It's interesting about the difficulty thing. You know, I don't know if the Japanese version came out later. I don't have a release date on that. But, you know, if it was just something they just sort of had the time to add. Or if it was kind of along the lines of, like, Super Mario Brothers 2 totally. in Japan versus, you know, what became known as the Lost Levels here. Where they just thought it would be too hard for Western audiences and they just opted not to do it right. for us. I, I, I don't know enough there. But, you know, it was an unfortunate thing of the of the time the the games industry was newish and uh wasn't really a standard set yet so anyway it's too bad i kind of want to go back and play the uh the japanese one now and try the harder difficulty i'm good (laughs) (laughs) you're good (laughs) i felt like this one was plenty challenging uh for me so yeah fair enough um so speaking of this game or whatever i guess not really speaking of anything but (laughs) do you have any history or nostalgia with this game prior to uh, recording this episode i'll give you props for trying the segue there yeah i lost it (laughs) i was like man where am i gonna take this (laughs) um yes history with this game uh this is oddly a game i really hadn't heard of uh until we started the show and then out of nowhere i kind of started hearing about it a lot dude me too Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I think we kind of finally were like, dude, have you heard of this game? And you're like, yeah, it's weird. We keep it keep I keep hearing rumblings of it. But um, I think the first time I ever saw something about it, I was either watching like a YouTube video about Disney games, or it was like underrated uh, SNES games, or like the best co-op SNES game, some video like that. And this game got brought up, and I was like, hmm, interesting actually looks decent and then i may have gone and like tested it out on a rom to see what it was like um and then i think a short time after that it was brought up on one of the podcasts that you and i listened to and a guy was raving about it i think from ign and so it was just oh yeah like, yeah i'm like wow people keep bringing this up it must be actually pretty good and so uh finally we were like all right we'll eventually you know we were, were we talked about putting it on the schedule here uh finally we put it on the schedule and so i'm like all right i need to get a copy of this game this is one that it looks like i would really like to have my own copy of so i bought a copy and then very shortly after i bought it i realized it was not an original copy before i had oh, even bummer. gotten it and yeah and i was like oh it it looked too nice and the price was too good yeah because I, th- I think this this game has risen in popularity over the last few years and so the price has risen not astronomically but it's probably not as cheap as it had been in many years past um but anyway i ended up getting it and it works fine and it's a good looking copy yeah it's not original but it plays it fine and so um you know i'm just i'll be like all right it's fine i'll just never resell it and hold on to it and it'll be my own little thing i would have liked to have had an original copy but um that's all right so 
really just in preparation for this episode has been the majority of my time playing it so this is really kind of a first time for me playing through so uh, unfortunately i only got to play this in, in single player um i wish that me and jeff lift closer to each other so we could play together mm-hmm. um but that was not possible and uh i might have been able to convince my wife to play this but she probably wouldn't have had the best time not that there's anything wrong with the game but uh so i pretty much played this only in single player unfortunately but we can talk more about that later jeff what about you well my story is almost identical to yours in that regard um Pretty much had never heard of it, didn't know about it, and then you mentioned it not too long, you know, after we started working on this show or whatever, and then, like, my favorite YouTube personality, this guy I watch who does, like, Mario Maker runs, um, just randomly put up an episode where he did a race of the game uh, with another YouTuber. And, That's right. I forgot And about I was that. like, what? And then that same week, literally that same week on uh, the IGN podcast that we listened to, (laughs) they mentioned it as well, or it was like the trivia question or something. Like they were talking very fondly of it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like never (laughs) heard of this game. And then all of a sudden it's just from all angles I'm hearing about it. Um, And so that was kind of my first exposure to it. And I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And uh, yeah, so I checked it out pretty much at that point. Uh, And then, yeah, played it for the first time just in preparation for this episode. And um, yeah, I really, really, really liked it. So yeah, I think this game is one of those that in recent years people have been like, "Hey, have you heard of this game? Like, it's totally like underrated because people love finding like hidden gems mm-hmm. from consoles." Yeah. And I think this is one of those that maybe people weren't talking about ten years ago, but now it's like, "Hey, right. there's this really cool game. It's actually pretty fun, and it's still pretty cheap." Like, I think people like that. It's like there's this good mm-hmm. game, and you can still get it for cheap. And then yeah. Like, Whoa. Totally. And then eventually it's not cheap anymore. But right. um, so, yeah, it's kind of had a resurgence in recent years, which is which is pretty cool. Like, I'm glad to see games like this that like, heck, I hadn't heard of it and I had no idea it existed. Um, and you wouldn't think that a game like this would be decent because it right. is, you know, after all, based on the well, I guess it could be. But no offense, it's based on like, you know, the TV show. And mm-hmm. so they're well, like. I think people would just expect to be like, you know, your run of the mill platformer with no depth, you know? Right. And exactly. The fact that it's like just this unique ish. I mean, yeah, it's got influences from Zelda, but much more unique than most of the other Capcom games and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it was a pleasant surprise. Totally. Yeah. So I don't know if, if you're listening to this episode and, and you've never played this game and you've listened this far, if this hasn't piqued your interest, I don't know what will. Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with Jeff. I think it is really unique and, uh, yeah, you can draw parallels to other games, but really, when you look at it compared to most other licensed things like this, based on a cartoon from like Saturday morning or in the afternoon or whatever, um, yeah, I would say it's it's pretty unique on its own. So yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to. I was curious to see past the first couple areas because that's really as far as I had taken it. So I was mm. curious to see how depth in depth it would go. So totally. Well, that seems like as good a time of any to jump into our gameplay discussion. Alrighty, so for the gameplay discussion, as always, we will discuss the game's visuals, the audio, the actual gameplay difficulty, and uh, the story. Um, So with that, we will kick it off with visuals. Um... I'll go ahead and start off with that. The visuals of this game are are great. I really like the kind of cartoony look of it. Um, it is a great looking Super Nintendo game. Um, maybe not super advanced or super great, you know, but considering time period and you know it's the pre Donkey Kong Country pre 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 rendered <laughs> era. Um, right. It's got good. Good-looking sprites, good-looking color palette. Um, you know, the, the character models all look good. They're cute. They're not identical to the cartoon, per se, but they're a little bit stylized, almost kind of... Um, not sure what you would describe them as, but uh, it looks good. And then, like, you know, as we've said before, it's kind of that top-down Zelda-looking view where it's the walls all kind of point 
down towards the middle so it's not like you're at an angle or isometric or anything it's you know it's got that 3d look that you're up in the up in the sky um what are your thoughts on the on the graphics yeah i think i think they're awesome uh super colorful which is nice i mean it's um you know you got your uh, you're in the tropics you know starting out so automatically you just got your bright blues and your bright greens so it's just really really pops um this is set in the i guess you could say the goofy universe or whatever and so pretty much everybody is this like i don't even know what you call them they all have like black noses um, <laughs> yeah they're all kind of like dog dogish and, right yeah and so like even the bad guys who are pirates still you know uh, have big long dog noses and stuff and so mm-hmm. um yeah it all seems very familiar though um yeah you know it, it's got its its Zelda thing going on where, oh, if they don't want you going in this area, you there's a tree there. So, you know, don't go there. Um, yeah. So it all seems pretty familiar, which honestly makes it easier to just kind of pick up and go, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the information that the game puts you up at the top visually is not too distracting and it's informative and kind of keeps out of your way. So you feel like you have a nice big, you know, open um view of what's going on and stuff which i appreciate yeah um one thing visually i didn't really care for is there are no maps um so yeah that's you can't a really good point. see what's been explored or where you've been and i don't know that's one zelda thing i was like where's the map button yeah that would have really benefited from that yeah and so i don't maybe you don't consider that visually like a, a thing we're saying but um I don't know. Sometimes I struggle with Zelda games that are these, you know, isometric top-down ones or whatever. Yeah. I get lost or I don't know where I've been or I see an area that I can't get to, but I don't know how to get to it. And mm-hmm. um, So there were points in this game where I was just like, I don't know what to do. But really, for the most part, I feel like they did a pretty good job um, making it relatively clear where you're supposed to be heading. Um, mm-hmm. Other thing worth mentioning, uh, th- throughout the different levels, there are different themes, obviously. It's usually how levels are, and so they do a good job visually changing it up. It starts out bright and happy, and then it gets, the you know, the overall visual tone gets more dark and moody mm-hmm. uh, t- towards the end and stuff. And so I think they did a pretty, pretty good job with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, visually, I think this is a great-looking game. Agreed. Yeah, um, not too much more than that. It's it's like I I agree with you. Like the UI, the the information that's displayed is nice and basic and small. It's not. There were some games at the time where it was just kind of overly large user interface, kind of at the top often or the bottom of the screen. And this one keeps it pretty simple. You see kind of your icon of your character, how many lives you've got, your two items, and then some like hearts and stuff. But that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, so next after that, we'll discuss the audio of the game. And uh, right off the bat, there's one thing that really bothered me about the audio, and it's just this really high-pitched sound that plays every time you kill an enemy. <laughs> um, my wife, even as I was playing it last night, she's like, make sure you call out how awful that sound is. <laughs> and nice. so, yeah, it's every time you kill an enemy, it just is like, I'll play yeah. it. <laughs> I'll play that clip right now when we're editing this. Isn't that awful? Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> that's awesome that your your wife. I love it when my wife interjects and like, yeah. ooh, that that you know. And so you always know. Yeah. Like, All right. Must not be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It it's an interesting choice. Um, in fact, it reminds me. It's similar to a sound in this arcade game. I think it's Galaga when like ships oh. drop down. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds very similar to You that. know what it's also similar to is level two, yeah, level two of Donkey Kong Arcade, when um, those things are like hopping along the top and then they drop. Oh, like, maybe that, do-do-do-do-do. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Well, I, th- I think it might also be in Galaga, now that you've mentioned that. We'll have to <laughs> go back hmm. and play those as well, but um, <laughs> it's You're totally just, right. It's just obnoxious. It just yeah. plays way too often and is just shriek like a shrill shrieking sound yeah um could have done without that (laughs) totally beyond that um i like the the music of the game i like the sound effects other than that um pretty zelda sounding with some of the item sound effects that i'm thinking of uh 
Yeah, like the bell. The bell sounds mm-hmm. like something from Zelda. Yeah, and like the hookshotty thing, the the grappling right. hook sounds mm-hmm. kind of like the hookshot. Um, not a whole lot of depth to it beyond that that I can really think of. Um, and the music, unfortunately slash fortunately, is um. It's it's all original that I can tell. It's not really inspired by the show. Um, nope. nope. Which is unfortunate. You know, I know we always talk about this. Like, I would love to have had the show theme song just on the title screen, you know? But uh, it's yeah. not there. Yeah. Um, I don't know that any... It's It's pretty basic background music where it doesn't really none of it stood out to me per se uh, none of the little melodies but it never got repetitive or intrusive which is a good thing um i don't know what are your thoughts on on the music Um, and the sound effects music wise i really like the songs i think they're really good uh i think they do get a little too repetitive do you okay um but like what's there i think is really good i just feel like they could have done with a little bit more uh sure just yeah. for how you know the length of the levels and stuff i felt like once you went to the next level you, you didn't hear that song again which was nice yeah. and there's different boss music and stuff which was nice as well mm-hmm. so um really like i thought they were super catchy um but i mean if you're sitting there you know playing with a friend or something you probably wouldn't even notice it because you're kind of communicating and talking right. so you probably wouldn't even think about it but if you're just sitting there with the volume turned up real loud it, it might get old eventually especially if you die or yeah. it takes you a little longer if you don't know where you're heading in the level and stuff but yeah um but still i thought like really high quality capcom style music so totally. um i was totally and, all right with that yeah i think maybe is that i didn't really get to the later levels when i was playing and i would i the puzzles i, I saw in playthroughs like get much harder the the further you get right. so when you're just there trying to solve a single puzzle it uh could get i could see it getting kind of redundant so yeah yeah because you um, know i, I kind of zipped through the first two levels and then i i died got a game over and i was like okay well i've got the gist of this but <laughs> so yeah um as far as sound effects go uh, outside of the one you're talking about i think the rest of them are pretty brilliant actually um which is another testament i think to capcom um like the little trumpet sound that plays when you get extra lives Mm -hmm. or uh, extra continues are like super epic and and even just like the the level select screen um or the option select at the beginning when you it has like these beeps and boops that are just really iconic and and just feel i don't know they just make me feel super nostalgic for you know quality snes games so um yeah honestly i think uh, some of the best sound effects we've we've had in games in a while outside of the you know enemy killing sound i would say so yeah no i I think that's that's totally fair and i agree um but beyond that not super super deep so um there we have it with the audio so next is the gameplay slash difficulty uh, as we've mentioned already and at the top of the show, that the gameplay is pretty much uh, Zelda-esque, walking around a, a top-down 2D area and solving little block sliding puzzles for the most part. Um, there's there's some keys and I don't want to call it like maze elements. There's never really anything that's a maze, but sort of in the, the grander scale of the area, it's kind of like knowing which screen to go to next in the order that you need to. Um, Example early on is you need to go find a specific item that you need to create a bridge and then, you know, move, go back or or backtrack if you've already gone to the other area to make the bridge to get across to get this other item or to get this key to to then go to this other area. Um, And in in that part, it's kind of like you have a central screen and then it can, you can go left, up, or right, and you just need to do it in the right order. Um, so th- that comprises, I think, the, the gist of most of the gameplay. There's different uh, things later on where, you know, you've got the spotlight effect, again, similar to Zelda, um, where it's dark and you can only see just a little bubble around you. Um, there's obviously the combat elements we talked about is just picking up and throwing things because there's no primary weapon. Um, some of the items you pick up, like the grappling hook, can stun enemies, so there's a little bit of gameplay strategy to that because, um, fortunately, for the most part, you can outrun enemies, which I think is great. I hate games where you either run the same speed as or slower than enemies, and it's frustrating, so it's like you can kind of 
use the stun and then get away and then position yourself around an obstacle. Um, the enemy AI is pretty smart for a Super Nintendo game where they don't just, you know, kamikaze right at you. They they yeah. have a visual cone, so to speak. Um, and they, they, they've got a little bit of randomness to their marching around the screen when they're just droning. And then if you get within their bubble of, vis- of visual whatever, um, then they'll kind of pursue you. Uh, interestingly enough, there's an item that's a bell and, and that summons all enemies to kind of go after you, which is really cool in strategizing using like the blocks, for example, you can kind of get yourself positioned or get the blocks positioned and then ring the bell. The enemies will kind of funnel into wherever you are based on your position. And then you can just kick the block and kill all the enemies and, you know, one fell swoop. So, um, that's makes the gameplay a lot deeper than maybe it looks at the surface. Um, also as far as like picking up stuff, um, items, um, you can, you can just, hit that button when there's not something in front of you and your character will raise their hand and you can actually catch things that are being thrown either by enemies or by other, you know, if you're in two player, um, you can throw stuff to each other and catch it. Um, it's kind of cool that you have to put your hands up to do that. Like it's an extra thing that probably wasn't necessary that it's a switch state as far as like either your hands are up or down. Whereas, you know, it can either just auto catch or, you know, you just, it's a, a button press where, when you press it, they would lift their hands or whatever. But um, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, but I've, it, I've rambled on, me, so go ahead. <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out that that's what that was for. I kept yeah. going like, why am I not lift? Why am I lifting nothing up? Um, yeah. But then I think when you get to the first boss, um, there's like four barrels you can throw at the boss, and then after that, you don't have anything to throw. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I'm like, well, I got to get more barrels somehow. And so eventually, I realized, oh, you know, if I I can catch them, but it took me a minute to figure that out. But mm-hmm. I did think that was a cool option. Um, yeah. So other things worth noting, uh, when you start the game, you can choose to either play as Goofy or Max. Yeah. Or if you're in two player, you play as both. Um, when you play in single player, you can have up to two items on you at once. When you play in two player, each character can only carry one item. And uh, so... Yeah, yeah. You have to work together in that way. Um, Goofy and Max do play a little bit differently. Uh, Goofy is slower, where Max is faster. Um, But Max has to throw projectiles at enemies. Most enemies, not all enemies, but most enemies like twice, whereas Goofy only has to do it once. Uh, He does like a one-hit kill thing. And so uh, there's some variation there uh, to keep them, you know, playing a little bit differently than each other. Yeah. Um, But... I thought that was kind of neat that one's faster than the other, but one, you know, is a little more mm-hmm. difficult to kill. Weaker, yeah. Right. But, I mean, when if you play two-player, you can literally just have one of them stand there with a hook shot, stunning the person while the other one goes and gets a <laughs> barrel and yeah. comes over and just knocks them out, you know. And so um, I feel like two-player just m- makes it way more approachable and mm-hmm. uh, more strategic and stuff. So, yeah. Um, the hook shots are pretty cool because you can uh, shoot across gaps, but then it like latches onto the hooks, um, therefore mm-hmm. using your hook shot, and then you can walk across the rope that is permanently kind of stuck there. Yeah. So, Some, um, worth mentioning, there's multiple of that item you can just keep picking right. up. Right. For a while there, I was like, wait, so if I use yeah. this, it's gone, but yeah. they do a pretty good job showing you, like, no, you get it back. and Yeah. Um, you also have to have keys used in your item slot, so you can't keep certain things if you have to carry a key. True. Um, yep. There was only a few times I had to backtrack to to get a certain item, like a hook shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't too terrible, or usually I didn't have to backtrack very far to find something. So I, I did appreciate that. Um, yeah, lots of locked doors you got to get through. Uh, some of them that are just things locked behind puzzles uh, where you have to move. Um, these cubes around by kicking them and then eventually after you press all the levers it opens up the door and you move on to the next part and so those get increasingly more difficult there's more projectiles being shot at you or there's bad guys around that can also kick the tiles and squares around which can become frustrating sometimes you (laughs) just have to you gotta leave and just reset the puzzle and come back and so there's some good variation uh there um one thing i really liked was um just and little little details and I, i'm 
huge fan of little details that are unnecessary. But like if you try to kick a block that's stuck against a wall or a, you know an item, um, they'll stub their toe and kind of have, do a little animation where they they hold their foot. So uh, you know, completely unnecessary. And but just those little things add a lot, yeah. in my opinion. Totally. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a variety of weapons. There's the candle later that helps light up in certain dark areas it makes your the area bigger there's a shovel that you can dig for you know health and things Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't really use that a whole lot but um another interesting thing is fruit that you collect uh gives you additional hearts for like to take hits Hit, hit points yeah right but if you collect enough of them it gives you an extra life yeah but then but then resets your hit points back to zero um and so it makes for kind of an interesting risk reward setup where it's like well do i want extra life or do i want to yeah like run out like have zero hit points now and so interesting. i didn't think of it that way but you're you're right yeah yeah and so it's a little different you know i'm not really used to seeing that no. um but um kind of a cool uh idea i guess um but I don't know. At the beginning of the game, I started out with a bunch of lives, and then toward the end, I was struggling to have any lives. Yeah. Um, especially Same. if you have to like use a password to get back to a certain level if you game over. Um, so then, once you password back in, you have like no additional continues or lives. Or you might have a couple lives, but um, but yeah, as far as like continues go, I don't think you start out with any. You have to collect new ones. So uh, makes for an interesting. You know, I'm trying to figure that out, but uh, difficulty-wise, it it does get challenging. I would say, especially yeah, uh, on your own. I because I, I just don't think this game was fully designed to be played by yourself. I think with two people, it's a lot more realistic that you could play through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on your own, I think I don't know. I I, I struggled. Uh, I think we both uh, got our first game overs on the world uh, level two boss. Yeah, and so. Um, I think from there it does get a bit harder, but if you play it and you start to learn where things are and what puzzles do what, um, I could see it becoming a lot easier, you know, in the long Yeah, run. you can kind of fly through it. But yeah, like some of the later puzzles, which again, I didn't play, but you know, watching a long play, you're still trying to solve the puzzle while watching it. And some of those look really hard. Some of the yeah. Ones, so. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, classic, classic block sliding and, you know, slide this one to this position so that you can then slide another one next to it so it doesn't go all the way against the wall and you know things like that type of puzzle so yeah and and some of the variations of enemies towards the end become much more difficult in my opinion and yeah. in certain parts they just don't really equip you with any projectile you know potted plants to throw and stuff yeah and, and it just, so you just becomes have a, to avoid the enemies right it becomes a struggle at times um i got a little frustrated a couple times but yeah uh overall not terrible so i mean i'd put it maybe above halfway as far as like difficulty spectrum spectrum goes yeah that's um, the bosses are relatively generic and you just pick things up and throw them but i mean like i said we both came over it on on boss two and so um yeah. so um but i think a good difficulty is a good challenge um, I think the more you play it, though, I think the easier you'll have, especially in one player. I think it, it, it ups the challenge a little bit. So mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. Um, anything else on the, the gameplay? Anything else there um, from you? I think I've pretty much said my bit on that. I think we hit everything. It's relatively basic. Uh, especially yeah. toward the end or i mean not toward the end but yeah i think that's good it, yeah <laughs> i know what you mean so next we'll just touch on the story the game does have a little bit of a story it's a little silly but it works it's classic disney video game story um you want me just to kind of read through this story yeah let's yeah, hear it might, buddy might as well all right so <clears throat> On a great day for fishing in Spoonerville, Goofy and his son Max go out to the sea. While fishing, they see a huge pirate ship heading towards Spoonerville, with Pete and PJ kidnapped. Goofy tries to catch up with the ship, but doesn't succeed until the ship lands on the pirate's island. Upon landing on the island and defeating a group of pirates, Goofy and Max learn that the pirates have mistaken Pete for their captain, Keelhaul Pete 
who had been swallowed by a whale a long time ago. As Goofy and Max explore the island and are fighting pirates, Pete and PJ keep up the misconception as Pete enjoys being the Pirate King. Which, you know, to be fair, that sounds like what something Pete would do. Yeah. Eventually, Goofy and Max reach the pirate ship and see what appears to be Pete. Goofy attempts to save him, but accidentally knocks him out. Max then realizes that the person they assume to be Pete is actually, in fact, the real Keelhaul Pete, having returned after the whale spat him out. Concerned with the safety of their next-door neighbors, Goofy and Max infiltrate the pirate ship, climaxing with another run-in with Keelhaul Pete himself. After defeating him, they find the real Pete and PJ about to be fed to an alligator, and they promptly rescue them. Suspending Keelhaul Pete over the alligator in their place, Goofy, Max, Pete, and PJ return to their fishing trip. So, a little silly, a little fun, but uh, right in line with kind of the <laughs> the characters. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah, I like the whole uh, Pete being confused for Keelhaul Pete. Um, yeah. I thought that was kind of a unique-ish thing, you know, where... Oh, there's a reason they got taken. They thought he was him or whatever. So um, I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, that works. Do you know what PJ stands for? You know, I do not. I've never really given it any thought. I don't know this for a fact, but I assume it's Pete Jr. Oh, I bet you're right. <laughs> that would be my In thought. In fact, I feel like I've even heard that now that you've said it, but I, I'm not totally sure on that. But like considering the character of Pete and how conceited he is, I would be willing to bet you're absolutely right. Yeah, totally. Nice. Um, so next up, we've got the levels of the game. Uh, there's there's five of them. Um, I don't know if you just want to run through those or uh, discuss. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't spend too much time on them. We could just briefly uh, just kind of hit on what they are and kind of what they look like maybe. Sure. So. Okay. So first level is the beach. So kind of as the story sets up, they kind of go to this island and it's this tropical looking island and there's water around and palm trees and, um, you know, you're kind of greens and tans slash browns uh, color palette. Right. Um, I don't know. Pretty, pretty beachy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's there's some water hazards. You got to like find uh, some like wood to cross some bridges and things i guess so yeah um there's like some different enemies oh wait that's the next level never mind i was gonna say um you know kind of cool thing with some of the screens in this world um that i'm thinking about it like i don't remember seeing later in the game but it's like you'll come to a point where you enter the screen from the left and you'll be on a little beach separated by water and you can see stuff on the other side of the screen, but you can't get to it. So you have to actually go back and follow the logical layout of the map. Right. And you can go kind of, you know, go back to the left, go down and then go to the right and then go up. And you'll come back to that same screen and be in, you know, a different part of it that you couldn't get to from the other entrance. So um, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, making the, the space line up correctly. Um, yeah. Other than that, it. it it's a beach. It's got some docks and stuff, like you said, that you can get some wood pieces to make little bridges, stuff like that. Um, and it kind of moves then naturally into the next level, which is the the jungle. Um, and the jungle's kind of got this little bit darker greens to it, like as if you're deeper into the island and there's less sunlight maybe. Um, right. For some reason, more standard trees rather than all palm trees. Um, you know, I guess it's just different vegetation. Um, it's also got kind of more cliffs and dirty dirt, dirt, <laughs> um, places where you can dig and, and dirt paths and stuff. So, yeah. And oddly, this one has a lot of like cave parts to it, yeah. which there's another cave part to this game. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So it yeah, just feels true. like they didn't really know what to do with the jungle part, but, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. I wish there was more. These two are pretty similar in levels. They so are. They, they kind of feel like an extenuation yeah. of each other. And so it's not until the next level that it, you really get a, a harsh tonal change, if you ask me. Yeah. So, 
Yep. So the next level, they uh, there's a little cutscene in between the the levels, and they show up at a castle um, that's just mysteriously in the middle of this this pirate island. Um, in between levels, also there's like a world map where you can kind of see the five levels as they are laid out on the island, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, you enter into the castle, and this one looks a lot like a Zelda dungeon. Um, oh yes, it does. And this is I even what I was talking about at the beginning with the kind of top down view where the you know the walls all go towards the middle of the screen this this one looks a lot like the castle in a link to the past so um it's it's got your grays and whatever the stone and then uh green flooring purple flooring yeah pretty much that (laughs) there's like the there's like the the moving cannonball rooms where you have to like run along with the cannonball oh yeah straight out of link to the super zelda yeah um, <laughs> uh, the dark areas where you have to have the candle and you can only light up a little bit. That's totally straight a out thing. of Link to the Past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Some of the similarities here, um, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. But uh, would have would have liked to see them maybe try and make it look a little different. But um, even even the uh, the gaps with like the black holes that enemies could be knocked down into and stuff like that i mean it's just so linked to the past um yeah but what can you do um and even honestly even the the boss at the end of this one the 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 cow skeletons they like take off their head and throw it at you just reminded me of something the the skeletons from a link to the past um just the in level enemies (laughs) but um yeah, then uh, next uh, you move on to the cave, like you mentioned earlier. And this one, um, while it is slightly different than the cave in the jungle level, it is just sort of this kind of brown, darkish, you know, grays and browns. Probably the weakest level visually, in my opinion. It does have some cool elements like minecarts and stuff, but... Um, yeah, the minecarts is cool. wasn't super impressed with the, <laughs> the use of or lack of color in the cave. Yeah. Um, um, looks like yeah, it's kind of lackluster level. Just visually, it's pretty boring, I guess. Yeah. Um, something we didn't really talk about in the gameplay was that there are different bosses at the end of each level. We kind of touched on it lightly, in that we kind of died at them. But like this, this one in particular has an interesting boss at the end where it's like, it's like millipede caterpillar thing, and you're on kind of a a, a hashtag, <laughs> for lack of a better. Uh, oh, description yeah. of it it's it's kind of just this tic-tac-toe board um where you've got two different colored um centipedes coming at you and uh, i for whatever reason these thumbtacks fall out of the sky or nails or something and you <laughs> throw them out of this you know these things coming at you from different angles and um anyway just, just each boss has got a slightly unique twist on it but in general it's a matter of it'll provide you something to throw at some sort of boss some of them um stationary most of them stationary kind of on a platform at the top of the screen and for whatever reason this one's a little bit more unique than the others so yeah. worth, worth noting um i don't know do you have anything else on the on the cave nope okay and then the uh the finale the final level um and maybe something to critique about the game is that it just only does have five levels a little short um you know, it's maybe like an hour and an hour and a half long game. Uh, yeah. The last level being the pirate ship. And I, I like this one. I always love pirate looking stuff. And, you know, this is a couple years before Donkey Kong Country 2. Um, so, yeah, it's it's got some cool water effects. It looks like the ship is moving or that the waves are moving past uh, in some parts. Not a lot. Actually kind of just maybe on one or two screens at the beginning of the level. Um, yeah. But yeah, you kind of start coming out of the cave and boarding the ship. Um, the ship looks nice, kind of gray and red. And then uh, you start on the deck of the ship and then work your way into the ship, which is kind of cool. Um, and then it gets kind of dark, it's like in the caves. And then, um, yeah, I, yeah. There's a lot of like cavernous holes um, in the ship, oddly. Uh, there's one room that's really unique in that there's these holes in the floor which isn't unique and then like they shift the holes shift and so yeah you have to like be careful because they'll shift back and all of a sudden you'll be standing over a hole uh there's one where you have to get from one cavern to the other side and there's this platform that you have to step on that has arrows yeah that makes the that. platform which is like the exact same thing from uh 
granted this was before it, uh, Mario 64. That's what it makes oh, me yeah. think of. It is um, kind of like that. It's a little more puzzly because they they change as you step on one. Yeah. So it's it's weird. it's almost like a puzzle to solve. Essentially, it's it's a maze if you really think about it. It's kind of like you got you know like a blind maze, like go up, or, or I don't I don't know any better way to describe it. It's kind of like you know go this way, go this way, go this way, and and just get this thing to move in just the right way to get you across without you know backtracking. Yeah, or whatever, so. and there's no jumping in this game. No, and so. You can't just like get kind of close and then jump the rest of the way. You yeah. have to be able to walk off of it. So they definitely pull out some more challenging things here at the end. Yeah, um, the the capstan room puzzle is one of the hardest ones I think I saw. Um, yeah. Not one that I played, but one that I watched. Um, you know, like I said, one of my favorite YouTubers. He spent forever on that part and it was just like oh man that looks and i couldn't like like i said like even though i wasn't playing i was still trying to look at the solution like okay well i would put this one here this one here this one here but i i couldn't figure it out any quicker than he could so it's a tough one yeah when i looked on game facts it had its own uh like how-to article (laughs) that was just how to do that last one and so um yeah it must be pretty difficult if people made their own guides for just that one puzzle yeah um so yeah it's so crazy so yeah that's uh that's pretty much it like that's that's all the levels and then you know as we said it it ends with you finding out that that's kill hall pete is the real kill hall pete he's back from the belly of the whale very pinocchio-ish and uh and or biblical biblical as i say jonah jonah yes. yeah um so so there you have it um i didn't watch the credits to this one for whatever reason i usually do um, oh, they're so boring and slow <laughs> they do oh, one of those yeah, things they... where like they like show footage of you or or like of the game and then they like pause on a villain mm. but there's like 15 to like 25 seconds of footage before it pauses and, and tells the name of each enemy and okay I got through like two of them and I was like, I can't watch this. It's <laughs> taking forever. And so I just like was like, nope. But interesting. Uh, I, I, There's a credit. I like that they. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I like that they give bad guys names and credits. Like, I think oh, yeah. cool. Mario Donkey Kong does Donkey it. Kong. Kirby. Yep. Yeah. They Mario all do World. it. Like, I thought, yeah, that's another one. I like that, but it was just way too slow. Yeah. So. No, I just, I just clicked into it on a, on a long play that I've got. Scroll design is listed as a credit, like as a department that's like what oh, is wow is that the text is that their translation for the text or does that mean the screen scrolling like is there a design for screen scrolling like i don't know what that means interesting <laughs> no idea um but yeah there's there's that so huh and one of the sound designers is literally listed as elf i don't know if that's a company or a person or what <laughs> so yeah it's interesting huh <laughs> That's funny. All right. But yeah, that pretty much sums up Goof Troop for the Super Nintendo. Um, unless you've got anything else, we can probably jump into our final thoughts. Nah, man. Let's do it. All righty. So final thoughts on this game for myself. Uh, it's it's a cool little game that's not something I normally would have played as far as style. I think if it wasn't a Disney Goof Troop property game, I probably wouldn't have wanted to play it. I'm not one for <laughs> super hard puzzles in games. I like light puzzle elements like a like a Zelda, um, honestly. Uh, but I don't love the super late game complex puzzles that take too long to solve. Um, interestingly enough, Mario Maker is a game that I love, but when I get puzzle levels, I struggle really hard with them, and I just don't. Like, you know, those single-screen puzzle levels, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not my favorite type of gameplay for whatever reason um i i would rather play if that makes sense like do combat do um you know moving around or or chain reaction type stuff but yeah deep thinking puzzles not really my thing in video games um that said i really enjoyed this game i really like it um i do still kind of want to go back and play through and finish it um and that that says a lot about it that I wasn't even though I got a game over in level two I wasn't super frustrated I wanted to keep playing and I think that that's a testament to the little nuances of of the gameplay and uh, you know there's enough variety and things you can do and the item swapping and and whatever to make me want to keep playing it um, I would recommend it I think it looks great and plays great sounds great 
for the most part, other than the enemies dying, and uh, I would I would recommend it. How about you? Awesome. Yeah, I I definitely recommend it as well. Um, if you it really sounds interesting interesting to you, go for it. Uh, I would maybe think twice if it's just on your own. Um, but if you have somebody to play with, even more power to you to yeah. pick up a copy. Uh, I think it would, I mean, I didn't get to play it in two player, but from the research I did and watching other people play it in two player, I think it's just so much more fun. Um, you throw stuff to each other. You can do these sweet like alley-oop things. Yeah. Uh, you can also kind of like daze each other where you like <laughs> hit each other in the head and you see stars. And yeah. so, um, there's some fun to be had. And so, um, it's unique in that way. There's not a lot of games on the show that we're going to cover that have two-player co-op at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I like it for that. I love games where I can play with another person, even if I don't necessarily have someone to play with right now in my life. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's it's totally Capcom visually. It's great. Audio is is really well done, too. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, for the, for the price and everything, I think this is totally a hidden gem especially based off you know a cartoon tv show a licensed game you know would think wouldn't be that great but totally unique and um yeah not what i would have expected from a goof troop game but i think they did a a pretty darn good job with it so um i really enjoyed my time with it even if it did get a little frustrating um playing on my own at times so good times indeed indeed Alrighty, well, I think with that, we will end this episode here. So thank you, everyone, so much for joining us and listening to us. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter at mouse underscore bytes, bytes with a Y. Uh, that'll be your best source to kind of keep up with new episode releases and stuff like that. Um, but you can also find us on thenintendovillage.com, and there we do have links to all the episodes, uh, as well as our other shows that we have on the Nintendo Village. So uh, check those out. We've got reviews and other... Uh, similar types of shows like this but with other Nintendo focused content. Um, our episodes are on the Nintendo Village YouTube so if you want to see gameplay for for these episodes you can see that there um, and we're on all, pretty much all major podcasting outlets so uh, with that thank you again and join us next time for our episode all about Disney Magical World for the Nintendo 3DS With that, everybody, have a great rest of your day. See you guys. (laughs) And remember, report to the Goof Troop.